Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. Greetings, Mosaic. How's it going? Good morning. All right. Uh, I want to start by asking a couple of questions here just to kind of gauge where we're at before I begin. How many of you guys, just show of hands here, how many of you guys would want more self-control in your life? Okay, awesome. Me too. Uh, What about more gentleness? Anyone? Awesome. More faithfulness? Goodness? Kindness? Patience, peace, I know this is a lot, joy, it's a lot of things, and love, yay, we're all there, cool, awesome. Now, show of hands, how many of you guys would say that that's where you are right now, all those things? Okay, cool. (laughs) Me too, my hands down, just so we're clear. Now, second set of questions, how many of you guys would like to be more envious, checking. All right, cool. More jealous? Anyone? Okay. More angry. All right. I will not ask how many of you guys think you're there because I think if we're honest, hands would shoot up. Mine would too. But these are actually a couple of sets of results. What I just listed are sets of results. Okay. The first, the former, the loving, the peace, right? The kindness, that's one set. And the enviousness, the anger, wrathfulness, all that stuff. That's, that's another set. Now, those sets of attributes come from what we are connected to. What we are connected to produce results of either category. Now, I'll say this. You don't need any extra help or any external thing, source to connect to to produce the second category of results. I, I'm afraid to say envy, anger, jealousy, all those things, we are fine, you guys are fine producing those things all on your own. Me too. We don't need any help. Maybe somebody cutting us off in traffic, that'll do it, right? We (laughs) just need somebody to set it off. Thanks, Adam, right? Adam and Eve, thank you. That's how fallen man just is. That's how we are. But how do we get that first set of attributes in our lives? How do we get the loving, the patience, the kindness? We have to have a different source. You have to have a different source to connect to. And that's what brings us today to today's message, the Church of Laodicea. We're continuing, actually we're ending our series, uh, Seven Words for the Church Today, where we're going through the first couple of chapters of the book of Revelation, where John, at Jesus' direction, talks to these churches in Asia Minor, Um, just about where they're at in in the church's status in the 90s AD. And today we're going to be talking about the church of Laodicea. And their big thing, their big claim to fame, unfortunately, is that they are lukewarm. What we're going to be talking about today, too, is the fact that this is, make no mistake, and I'm going to keep reiterating this, this is a church. Laodicea is a church full of Christians And the reason why that is so important to understand is we are too. We are too. If it can be true of them, 
it can be true of us. And that's why it's very important that we go through this today. Uh, with that, I'm going to pray and then we can get into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the series, just the blessing that comes with reading the book of Revelation and going through these churches. Father, I just pray that this can be a beneficial time where we can hear your word, understand what it says, and then apply it in our lives. I thank you so much for truth, and I just pray that this can be a beneficial time. We pray all this in Hoyson's name. Amen. All right. The first thing I want to say is this. Content, content comes from connection. Content comes from connection. So the question we should ask is, what is the source we want to connect to? Who, who is that? If, if we're a bad source of connection, what is the good source like? I'm going to read the text in full here. Uh, we're, we're in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, starting off uh, into 22. If you want to open your Bibles, we'll have it on screen. I'm going to read the whole thing for context, and we'll just revisit it as, as we go through. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the word of our Lord. So notice in the beginning here, this description of Jesus. He is the amen, is what he says, and he is the ruler of God's creation. What do these mean? Well, amen should be familiar to us who go to church, right? Amen just means truth. It's what we say at the end of every prayer, and it literally just is us putting a button saying, yes, we agree with this. It's our, it's our little signatory. Yep, truth. So if Jesus is the amen, Jesus is the truth. And that's true. Jesus is God. God is the source of truth. A really good source to get connected to. He's also the ruler of God's creation. There's a couple things here. Ruler of God's creation, ruler, authoritative. Jesus is authority. He is king, right? We often talk about Jesus in the Gospels, and he's you know, a peaceful rabbi. Revelation, totally different. King. He is king. He's the ruler. This also shows this high, what we call high Christology. High Christology. This is the idea that if you look at the book of Genesis, and you see the very first words, in the beginning, God. Created. Father, God the Father, and the Spirit of God hovered over the darkness of the deep. Spirit. Two persons of the Trinity. In the New Testament, 
there's a few chapters that talk about Jesus being there as the son. Which is weird because he was like <laughs> born in that BC 80 switch thing, right? The timeline. I don't know exactly when, but there, somewhere. So how is he, how did he create everything? It's because he's God. We're going to be celebrating in, after Thanksgiving, we're going to be celebrating <laughs> Christmas, right? In that order, by the way. We're going to be celebrating Christmas. <laughs> And we're going to be looking at the, the thing we honor is the Son, the second person of the Trinity, coming into flesh and identifying with us, right? Taking on humanity. But remember, he's taking on humanity. The Son existed with the Father and the Spirit in infinity past, right? He is God. And, and this section of the book of Revelation, right, it puts... Jesus in that category. This is God we're dealing with. Good source, ruler of creation. Now, what is happening with this church? What is happening with this church? That, if that's such a great source, why aren't they connected? Well, let's take a look here. He says, verse 15, he says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot, and this is hard to hear. He says, I wish you were one or the other. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Now, that's a hard thing to hear just as a, from a person. <laughs> Somebody said, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. That's rough to hear. Imagine God saying that to somebody. That's intense, right? That's scary, scary language. What's going on here? Historical context. The church at Laodicea, okay, think of the church of Laodicea kind of like Mequon. All right, or Cedarburg. A lot of richness, a lot of affluence. Basically, what's happening here is Laodicea is a city in Turkey, as we've been looking at our maps and seeing kind of that circle of cities that this is written to. This is in Asia Minor, Turkey, what we call nowadays, and it's owned by the Roman Empire. And so they're on this trade route. A lot of people use this trade route, and they exchange right, a lot of money to get from here to there and all this stuff. So a lot of money is pouring in. And there's this famous event in, in history where an earthquake happens in Laodicea. And, of course, like, that's a horrible thing to happen it, now. Imagine living in a society that, you know, you grew your own food. It's, like, really desolate, ag agricultural, right? Really hard to come back from that. And so Rome sent envoys to go talk to them and said, hey, what do you need? And they said, no thanks, we got this. We got this. That's how rich Laodicea was. Now, with that land comes a little bit of a trade-off, right? We have this cool affluence happening with this trade route, but water, no source of water. So in their, maybe hubris, uh, their arrogance, I guess, financial arrogance, they go, okay, we don't need water. What we're going to do is we're going to pipe in hot water from one neighboring city, and we're going to pipe in cold water, alpine snowmelt from this city over here. And you can look at it today in the archaeology. They have little clay pipes. I used to have it in my little small town in, in Wisconsin. They have these little clay pipes that piped in water from both directions. Good idea. Problem is, by the time it got there, the hot water cooled down, and it was really warm. And the cold water came in, and the sun beating down all day, right, produced the same result. It's just warm either way. There's no, <laughs> there's no difference. So the hot water you might want to bathe in is now just tepid and gross, it's useless for that purpose. 
And the nice cold water that relieves you from the heat is warm and gross and useless. They didn't have their own source. And this isn't different from, from today, right? If you go to Starbucks right now, right, and you go to get a drink, coffee is, you know, super American. We put tea in the harbor for a reason, right? We, we love coffee. <laughs> we love coffee. Here's the deal, right? <laughs> we, we love coffee. We want it one way or another. We want it like molten lava in our mouths, burn the roof of our, like take the skin off, please. That's hot, hot, hot. Or when your car is that hot and you're like, oh, it's so hot outside, you want like cool, like straw, ice coffee, cold brew. Nobody wants the sitting on the counter all day with barista going, Luke, lukewarm, lukewarm. <laughs> Somebody here, right? Gross, gross temperature. You'd sip that and go, oh, right back at the breeze. It's gross, right? Gross. Nobody wants that. Why do we presume God wants a product like that? Think about it. Why would God want something like that? Now, we, we are fallen humans. We talked about this. And we know that God wants us and loves us, right? He sent his son for us. But there's something about Laodicea that's breaking his heart. It's, it's gross to him. You know, James, the brother of Jesus, he comments on this too. They're, they're brothers. He has a book in the Bible called the Book of James. It's aptly titled. And in that, he talks about this. He says, it's a, it's a very famous verse. He says, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. What does he mean by that? Oftentimes, both these verses, there's, there's a few verses in the Bible that, that we look at and we go, oh man, I could lose my salvation. Don't think that way. Don't think that way. Faith without works, what is he saying? He's saying, it's like having a dead body on the floor, right? <laughs> it's a bump on a log. What's that body going to do with what it has? It's a body. It's just sitting there. It's a workless thing. It's just not producing anything compared to somebody who's walking about and doing the things they, they ought to do. Faith without works is dead. It's useless. Why even have it in the first place? And that's what he's saying here too. He's saying, why, why even have the relationship you have with me if you're not going to use it? Because content comes from connection. And here's the danger. Here's, here's why this is important. Logically, this means you can be a Christian and useless to God. That's hard. That's hard. Now, how did they get there? Verse 17 says this. He says, you say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but when I see a thing, that's a lot of things. That's basically everything. <laughs> I don't need anything at all because I'm rich. I'm rich, right? I have everything I need. God is also a thing. God is also a thing. He is a person, right? There's three persons in the, in the Trinity. They're all God. They are beings. They're existing beings. And, he, and, and with this whole, like, casting out, I don't need anything, including God. Because I'm rich. I got what I need. I got what I need. You helped me out before. Yay, cool, we have, I'm, I'm good, fire insurance. Bye, I got this now, cool. 
I'm rich. Uh, to quote the uh, posthumously, uh, Bro the posthumous Brooklyn rapper, Notorious B.I.G., Mo money, mo problems. Right? Mo money, mo problems. I think he meant something a little different. He probably meant like, you know, I got this boat. Now I got to, you know, pay insurance on this boat. Right? Or whatever. Um, but that's also kind of what's happening here. See, their problem, the problem is dependence. What are they depending on? Obviously, this is another source other than God. What are they depending on as a people? See, money, money does this thing. It's not exclusive, but money does this thing where it, it, once you start getting it and you have a lifestyle of a certain way, you start needing to feed that beast. You need to start maintaining. Right? You get comfortable, you start maintaining. But there's other things that happen with money. If, if you're feeling like you need to hit a certain bar in life, you have a lot of ones <laughs> that can really equate into a certain quantifiable number. I am this good. I am this, right, comfortable. I am Jeff Bezos good, right? It becomes a quantifiable measurement for how you are. I'm doing this well. And so you take your dependence off of the important thing and you put it on this thing that can easily just be gone in a minute. And then what happens? Money is not the primary problem here, by the way. It's not the primary problem. We don't want to say money is the root of all evil. We want to say money is a root of evil. Because think about it. Again, timeline. Money probably existed, if this is now, and this is like creation of existence, right? Money is probably like, I don't know, here, maybe, somewhere around here. That's money. So fall, money, money is the root of all. That's kind of a weird place to put it late in, in time. <clears throat> right? Sin happened before money was even thought of. Money cannot be the, the root of all evil. But, but it's a very good exchange for the source of goodness. It's a very quantifiable source. But there's more. If you're thinking, hey, <laughs> thank God it's money. Well, I don't have any of that, especially in this economy. Oh, good. <laughs> Yay, this isn't for me checking out. No. Sorry. There are many things that you can place there. By the way, remember what we started with. Who's a really good engine of producing bad things? This guy. Like who has t two thumbs, right? <laughs> and really good. This guy. We don't need anything else. Money is just a big encouragement. And that's what was happening here. And he lists a few things. He says clothing. Uh, Laodicea was known. There was this famous dude back in history who invented some sort of eye medicine or whatever, and they made a college around it. They depend on their health. Another thing that goes away with time. These are all fleeting things. And this is what they're putting their trust in. No wonder God says, what are you guys thinking? What are you thinking? There's a passage in Scripture that correlates with this, and it's also... Jesus and John coming together. And this is the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, if you want to open to uh, chapter 15, we'll start with verse 1. There's a famous passage in the Upper Room Discourse where Jesus talks about the vine and the branches. And, and this text of the vine and the branches 
is kind of the opposite of what you're seeing at Laodicea. They're doing the exact opposite. Let's check it out. Let's see what they're saying here. Jesus says this. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. You're already, now check this out, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now check this out. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, It must remain in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Wow. Connection. Connection. Not only does content come from creation, he talks about that here, he talks about fruit, produce, literally. But he's talking about we have to continue this connection. We have to continue this connection. This is a relationship. This is something we have to maintain. It doesn't just go on autopilot. And we get in that trap with like, I get that with Sarah sometimes, like, ah, she's my wife, she'll, I'll get around to her. Right? Really important relationships we kind of put off for sake of like what we have to maintain now, like what we need to. Think about the most important relationship there is. We have to continue this connection. This is something that takes maintenance, guys. It's not that you lose your salvation. It's that you're losing just this connection with the creator himself. So what do we have to do? Starting verse 19, we have to connect to Christ. That is the solution. Connect to Christ. He says a couple of things that are, that are really impactful here. He says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. It's interesting in itself. So be earnest, check this out, and repent. Be earnest and Repent. And this is probably one of the saddest things I can see in Scripture. He says this. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. What a vivid picture. What a vivid picture. So in the Gospels, right, we see Jesus say, uh, knock and I will open the door unto you. That already happened in our lives. If you're a Christian in this room, that already happened. You accepted salvation. You accepted Jesus as your savior. For those of you who haven't yet, that door is wide open. That door is, it, it, you, can't be, you can't be a hard enough sinner that he does not let you in. That's impossible. He lets you in. Here's the thing though. After that, you can shut the door on him. And so we get this Word picture of, what do we call him, the creator of existence, the ruler of God's creation going, hey, you want to let me in? How, how rough is that? How rough is that? That, that, should, that, just, that? Just that thought should make us weep. That we get in a point... And by the way, it's so easy. It's so easy to have other things in your life that you connect to, right, instead of Jesus, instead of the creator of existence. And for him to want to be in our lives after that, when we go, eh, I got money. I'm good now. Oh. 
okay. I still want a relationship with you. Please? Man, what a, what a hard thing to hear. What a hard thing to hear. There's another passage here uh, where John's teaching again. John, John's an interesting guy. You know, there's, there's three big writers of the New Testament. There's Luke, who has probably, the, he definitely has the most words in the New Testament. There's Paul that has the most books in the New Testament. And then there's John. John's cool because he has, I mean, he says a lot of cool things, but he has the most genres of literature. He has a gospel. He has an apocalyptic book that we're going through right now. And then he has these epistles, these letters <clears throat> to churches that he's writing. And in 1 John, there's a famous passage where it says, uh, if you confess right to him, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1.9. Now, when we hear that, we go, oh, okay, cool. 1 John 1, 9, it. Yay, 1 John 1, 9, it, right? But it means something more deep than that. 1 John, the epistle, is actually an expansion of the vine and the branches discourse. John, the gospel of John 15. It's an expansion. It takes that little, I'm the vine, you are the branches, and it stretches it out to a whole letter to a church. And the key to connecting in our lives now, is that confession. He says, repent, that confess. This is when the light comes on. I don't know about you guys. <clears throat> when the light comes on, I want to scatter like roaches. I have a, you know, fight with my wife, and I'm like, Oof, that was rough. I need time away from God. God can't see me now. <laughs> Weird view, He's, right? You can see everything. But for whatever reason, you want to scatter. You want to go, uh, time heals all wounds, right, God? <laughs> Give me, like, days or something. I'm sorry. But that's the opposite of what he wants. Hey, confess. Where you at, man? Where you at? Confess your sins. He wants us. I know it's hard. He wants us to come to him and confess our sins. Because that is what, need, what needs to happen for that relationship to be maintained. It's a hard, I mean, that, you know, that's a hard thing to do, I understand. I don't like doing it either. It's really embarrassing to know that God's always watching and you, you know, start muttering horrible <laughs> French under your breath when you're driving. But he's like, hey, I know, I know. Come to me. Tell me about it. And let's get back on track here. You know, this, this passage can be uh, read in reverse and we have our instructions. Our application can actually be reading this in reverse. Almost like bas you know, back masking on a, on a tape, like reverse. Uh, read it in reverse. And it tells us exactly what we need to do. We connect to Christ, verses 19 through 22. We maintain or continue that connection, verses 17 and 18. And I guarantee you, and it's not instantaneous, don't, don't hear me say that, but I guarantee you, you're going to see content from that connection. You're going to see content from that connection. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we already said it. We want to be in that first category. We do not want to be in the second category. And those categories, by the way, come from Paul. Those are the fruits of the Spirit, and the works of the flesh. 
fruits of the Spirit and works of flesh. And remember, you're not going to produce any fruit unless you connect to Jesus. If you, this, this sermon, this, what I'm telling you right now, is not a try-harder sermon. This is not, hey guys, you messed up. We need to work harder at being good. If you try harder to be a better person, you're only going to succeed in producing worse and worse fruit. Think of the people who are, who are running the rat race at the top and the top and the top, right? God bless them. But there's, there, there are pejoratives about, you know, people in power for a reason. You compromise a lot of things if you try harder and try harder and try harder. Not the solution. Connect. Get on your knees. Go to Jesus. And maintain that relationship that you already have with him. We already said we want to produce more fruit, more success, loving, kindness, generosity. I'm with you. Let's connect with him today, this week, this year. Let's keep, keep connecting back with him until we go home to be with him. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering for service time, directions, and to learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world, visit us at mosaicwi.com.